Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Opinion Line on Quartz 96 FM. One of the, I suppose, one of the most shocking events and one of the most, one of the bloodiest events and a murder uh, in recent years in Cork. And people will remember the death of uh, a Polish man in Balancholic in 2018 um, and a man who was basically and it's terrible to say but a man who was uh, hacked to death with, with a machete Liz Dunphy has been covering this story for the uh, examiner uh, Good morning Liz Good morning, Joe. Yeah, Liz. Um, there was a, an inquest yesterday. Yesterday, and inquests sometimes they don't—they're not the most dramatic of things. But there was a major development in this case of uh, of this Polish man. Can you tell us about it? There was absolutely. So, yeah, just for a little bit of background, Mikolaj Wilk was a thirty-five-year-old father of two. Um, as you said, it was a very distressing case. Uh, it was memorable, I would think, for a lot of your listeners due to its barbarism, yeah. really. Um, basically, he was in his home in Magdalen Bridge outside Balancholic with his wife and two children when a gang of up to five men broke into the house, attacked him very viciously, including with machetes. Um, and he, he subsequently died of the injuries afterwards. His wife, Elisabetta, was also very badly injured, trying to protect her husband. She had to have surgery on her hand. Uh, she had injuries to her face. And their two children were notably in the house at the time, but luckily escaped injury. So a really, really awful situation. Six people were actually arrested up to 2019. They were from Latvia, Poland, Ireland, in connection with his death. Um, but they were released without charge. But then yesterday, in Court Coroner's Court, um, Sergeant Fergus Toomey announced that significant progress had been made in this case and that a file is now expected to be sent to the, D- the Director of Public Prosecutions shortly. So that essentially means that we could be expecting charges um, in this case imminently, really. Um, it's been more than five years ago, so... Um, you know, I'm sure people will be interested to hear that that there is progress expected on it now. Um, Coroner Philip Cummin adjourned the inquest until April 25th. Um, you know, pending pending um, you know progress in this yeah. case essentially. He he had been working, hadn't he? I mean, the, the mm-hmm. family were well settled in the Balancholic area, weren't they? Absolutely, yeah. So Gordy notably said that there was no evidence of any criminal links with Mr. Wilk. Mm. They, he was a hard-working man. He had a, a horticulture, a gardening business in the area, which seemed to have been doing well. Um, they seemed to be a very, you know, quiet, normal, nice family. Um, so it was really 
shocking. It was because I remember the the morning and and when when the news broke about this, and, and I think a lot of people in Cork almost did a double take because it just sounded so almost outlandishly terrible. I mean, it, it was it it was a really horrific attack, wasn't it? I think that's a good description. Yeah, outlandishly terrible. Yeah. Terrible. I remember Gardaí saying at the time that they were even shocked that it was so unusual to see an attack like this in Ireland. Really, it was just so barbaric. And you know, taking place in front of a young family like that yeah. in their home in the early hours of the morning of yeah. June tenth, twenty eighteen. It's it's something you know from a, t- a thriller, a, t- a horror movie, or something. It's, yeah. You know, really appalling stuff. I know we have to be careful around the legal aspects of this, but mm-hmm. is part of the problem that we're maybe the Gardaí were dealing with multiple jurisdictions and people from different parts of Europe, and that if people, for instance, leave uh, uh, Ireland and, and return back home, it's hard. You know, you then have to talk to the police in various countries, and you have, there's international warrants and things like that. Do we know if that was kind of complicating the investigation for Gardaí? It definitely sounded like a very difficult case in that regard. Um, international police forces, so in police forces in Eastern Europe and Interpol and Europol were aiding Gardaí with the investigation, yeah. I understand. So, yeah, it was a very, it sounds like a very wide-ranging, complex investigation. Yeah, because, because I know the, the Gardaí uh, have become much more linked, so to speak, in recent years and, and in some cases have had to because we now have large kind of, you know, populations from outside of Ireland. Uh, the Europol... Uh, uh, is a, it's a much more linked system, but there still are formalities that people have to go through. There's also language difficulties because we had another case during the week where you know uh, translators uh, had to get involved, and it, it, it is com- these cases. People might wonder why is it taking five years, but uh, but there are hidden complexities to these kind of cases, aren't there? You're definitely right. There are absolutely hidden complexities and it can be so hard to track people, you know, when they are in other jurisdictions, as you mentioned. And, you know, the people who were arrested and were released without charge, they weren't arrested on um, suspicion of of murder. They were arrested on suspicion of facilitating and supporting an organised crime gang, which would suggest that Gardaí may believe that an international organised crime gang could be behind this and you know, it's it's a difficult thing to yeah. track down, as you said, really. Yeah, Liz, so we know there will be progress on this investigation. Well, we're expecting maybe, uh, files to the DPP. We're expecting progress on this, in, in not in the long term, really. It will be relatively soon from what, the, from what we heard yesterday. Yeah, Sergeant Fergus Toomey definitely seemed to suggest that we could expect um, progress in the near future. So he said shortly. So, yeah, we'll just have to keep our eyes and ears yeah, peeled for and that, that will be that will be a big case of course uh, when it when it does happen and I'm sure it's going to get extensive coverage um, Liz Dunphy from the Irish Examiner thanks very much for talking to us this morning thank you Corks 96 FM